And it's recording, so let's get started. <laughs> so you watched the movie and fell asleep. Was fell it asleep. because of the melatonin, or was it because it? No, because of the melatonin. Okay. I was actually very excited about this. Right. You'll see right now. Okay, let's go. This is Film Slab. Welcome to the show. Hey everybody, welcome back. I am C.R. Gonzalez. Once again, I'm here with... Who are you? Hello, Patrick Kelly. Hey, Patrick Kelly. Um, And today, we're talking about Star Wars. Star Wars. I'm really nervous about this episode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's really hard to talk about Star Wars because people get very defensive about Star Wars. And I'm not a Star Wars person. Okay, all right. So we're going to have some... (laughs) You know, I, uh, I am... A Star Wars person, but oh, I also okay, hate cool, Star Wars. Cool. What? Why? Um, I don't know. I'm very conflicted about it. Really? I've why? Got, like, kind sense. of a love hate relationship with it. Okay. Okay. Like, okay. It's not entirely accurate to say I'm not a Star Wars person, but what do you mean? But when we, you said it right now. Well, like, I kind of think like most of the mo- like half of the movies are bad, and like, <laughs> you know, and uh, I think we had a conversation recently. I think the reason why we pick we picked this one, we had a conversation recently where we were kind of like looking at. Uh, reactions to Revenge of the Sith uh-huh. this much time after it has come out. And uh-huh. I think we we're both kind of surprised that it's kind of looked at kind of favorably now, you know? Yeah. Okay. 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 There's a lot in what you said there. Yeah. One, it upsets me that Star Wars fans are just like down for them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that is clearly the case that they're not all good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that spans across all three iterations. Mm. Um, I was super, super surprised because I, I just felt like I remembered this wrong, but I looked at reviews from when it came out and people liked it then. Really? It's been rated. Yeah. It's been yeah. rated well since it came out. Yeah. Roger Ebert gave, Oh, we're talking about, by the way, we're talking about star, episode three today, Revenge episode of the Sith. Three, and Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. yeah 2005. 2005, yeah. Revenge of the Sith. That's specifically what we're talking about. And I think this is the one I guess we overlooked. Yeah, and, and uh, so that's the spawn of this episode is us being surprised that yes that it's that it was well received I guess at the time as well. It but was well received at the time, yeah. Especially now, like looking back, you know, uh, sixteen years later, yeah, um, that it's so well received, and we were like, we got to we got to give this another chance. Look at this yes, again. yes, yes, yes. Um, um, shout out to my one of my good friends, Curtis. Um, he, we were talking about this, and we're talking about Star Wars. I think I was talking about how um, uh, the Last Jedi, yeah, is my favorite. Which, yeah, the, the Rian Johnson one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode, yeah. Unpopular opinion, yeah. and that's like my first wrong step with this episode <laughs> right now is saying yeah. that is my favorite Star Wars. But Curtis was saying Revenge of the Sith is like my favorite, and I was like, what? Wow. And like, I I just remember hating everything about this trilogy. Yeah, this is this might have been like the height of my fandom because uh, like I'm I, it's not not a Star Wars person. I did grow up with Star Wars, so the story is this: I was I don't remember how old, ten maybe. I, yeah. I'm gonna say around ten. It feels like it was around ten. And in the same weekend, my dad showed me the Star Wars trilogy and the Godfather trilogy, and we just like sat there nice. in one weekend and just binged all these movies. And I've been hooked on I guess movies ever since but like also Star Wars yeah and I've had like a very similar experience to what people describe you know all across however long it's been since it's come out like just like this feeling like you're transported it's magic it's like nothing you've ever seen before it's another world and you're just 
in it. You're just yeah enveloped in this world. And it's like, it's like high concept, but it's fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's like what a new hope I think did better than any other science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you can argue maybe not like among the ranks of like the high art greats, uh, yeah. blade runner, uh, right, alien right. stuff like that. But it, it just, it's doing another thing. Yeah. It's like more fun, more adventurous. It's like, a you know, like George Lucas and, uh, and, and, and Spielberg, they're into like the serialized, like kind of feel like Indiana Jones. It feels like a serial, you know? Mm-hmm. And Star Wars definitely has that feel. That's, that's funny that, uh, I didn't know Curtis, uh, felt so strongly about episode. Three. I was fucking surprised. And then my fiance's little sister, I was like shitting on Star Wars after this conversation. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, absolutely. After you're Curtis trying to find somebody else to corroborate after, this after Curtis. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I went on a search. I yeah. was like, no, like I was almost borderline offended that Curtis said this and I went and this might have been the same night, actually. I was at um, my fiance's mom's house. Her little sister's there. And I said, because she's a huge Star Wars fan, too. And I was like, my friend thinks Revenge of the Sith is, like, the best Star Wars. And she's like, yeah, it's one of them. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like, if you go on Rotten Tomatoes and look at, like, look at them in descending order, you know, like, I think it's it might be in the top four or something. Yeah. You know, Cause, okay. Because you've got, like, um, Empire Strikes strikes back which um generally like if you're going to take a poll like most i think that's the maybe one for not everyone. most but a lot of people would pick that as their favorite yeah or like the force awakens like a lot of people really like as as their favorite yeah um, i disagree yeah. with that <laughs> i disagree with that yeah. specifically um i could i think i know where like where your argument might come from uh, with the force of the awakens is it just yeah. because they, they recycled too much um it's too it's much. that yeah. It's, it's basically a beat. new hope and a new yeah. skin. Yeah, yeah. I I, I kind of see that, and I think that's why people like it. If they like it, they they like it for that reason. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I'm not down for things being too fan servicey. Yeah, it's it's cringy to me. It's lazy to me as far as writing goes. Right. Um. We don't. I think people assume that since you like a thing, and this is like the mistake they make with lots of franchises. Like since you like a thing, we'll just we're just going to do that thing all over again, but. I mean, I, the reason you love Star Wars is because, well, A New Hope is like, it was so fresh, so original. You just, you know, like, that yeah. was like the first thing you ever saw that looked like that, that felt like that, 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 the, the tone, the vibe, the special effects, like, and, and like, that's what was so exciting about that. Mm-hmm. And any, anything that you love is, it's probably a similar experience where it, it's new and it, it's different and it's unexpected. And then they just like go and try to do that again. Like, yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely missing the point. I, um, I um I liked the Force Awakens for the reasons we laid out about the fan servicey stuff. Yeah. But I'm also cynical about Star Wars as a franchise for that reason. I mean, because um you know after the original trilogy in the '90s, like you mentioned, so this like you're on ten when you got introduced to Star Wars, right? Yeah. And I think that's around the time when the uh, um, the original trilogy came back out into theaters with all the special effects, with all the special effects and yes. stuff like that. But the first version I had saw had none of the effects. Oh, okay, it was the original. Yeah, without the CGI and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, so I was like equally appalled when like it, it came out. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, so my first exposure was around the same age, but I didn't see the the classic ones. I saw 
the theatrical re-releases okay. with all the CGI yeah. and stuff like that. But I still got hooked. Like I was still really into the yeah, of um, course, the universe and yeah. all that stuff. Um, but like looking back, like this franchise is like such a juggernaut as far as like marketing and like cu- yeah. cultivating interest in the brand. Like definitely. Um, Cause what that was in the nineties was them trying to reinvigorate interest in this brand so mm-hmm. that they could come out with another trilogy. Yeah. And uh, they did it not only with movies, they did it with um, uh, video games were huge. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, novels. there were so many. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so many video games and novels. Um, yeah, I played I played a, a lot of those. Uh, there was this two disc video game set. I don't remember what video game it was exactly, but I was like hooked on this thing. Was it PC or uh, no? It was on uh, PlayStation. PlayStation. Yeah, I can't okay. remember what the set was called, but I remember I remember it just took you all through like all the different worlds. Um, you got to you know like through the the forests and, mm. and Jedi. You got yeah. to yeah the speeder bikes. You got you know you got to ride those and stuff like that. There was like a level with that, and I remember that very clearly. Uh, I remember like Shadow of the Empire being huge, not not just the video game, but the book. Right. I yeah, I read that. So like back um, after I saw the movies, mm-hmm. my cousin and I got really really into Star Wars. We we're like ten years old, yeah, twelve years old, something like that. Yeah, and uh, we were like playing all the video games, or we were reading novels, <laughs> like we yeah. were reading Star Wars novels and stuff like that. But um, like looking back on it now, this is what makes me a little bit cynical about Star Wars is that it was such a concerted marketing effort you yeah. know, to like uh, <laughs> just sow the seeds for interest in future films and future um, projects like video games and stuff like that. And but I'm, I'm it- torn because I love it. You know, like, yeah. I love it. And I also am like, but man, I feel like but a also schmuck that, for like falling for but it. That experience is part yeah. of like being a child and it being ubiquitous. Uh-huh. And you can just go to the store, Star Wars, everything. Um, like, and they, it's common ground for all of your friends at school. Like they all, exactly. they're all into it. Too. I remember like taking toys to school and yeah. just like showing each other our toys, our Star Wars toys. Yeah. And this was happening before the movies even came back out in the 90s. I had seen the originals without the special effects because they re-released everything again on VHS before that even happened. Yeah. Like a couple of years before it happened. And yeah, you're right. And it, I think it was from return of the Jedi to a new hope. I think it was like 15 years. I think it was like 15 years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, from the, uh, Oh, I mean, I mean, uh, for to episode one, that's what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. To Phantom Menace. Right. So yeah. they, they, uh, I feel like it's like a double pronged like approach they had. They're like, let's bring out the, uh, let's dust off the old movies, re-release them. Let's yeah. get the old fans interested again. Yeah. Um, and then let's come out with some Nintendo 64 games mm-hmm. uh, with the Star Wars property. Uh, let's do some car- cartoons and, and stuff like that. Let's hook the young kids too. Yeah. And then boom, we're going to come out with episode one. I think it was in like 2000 or 1999 or something like that. Yeah, 1999. Um but it was like, it was a freaking blitzkrieg of like marketing material <laughs> in like a three year period. Yeah. And we, then boom, episode one, which grossed like, I don't, I don't know how much, like maybe a billion dollars. Yeah. Know? But like, it was a merchandising of like the entire universe. Like yeah. some of my favorite Star Wars toys weren't even from any of the movies. I remember Dash Rendar, who's from Shadow of the Empire. Yeah. Like yeah. my favorite toy as a kid. Yeah. And like they were just so good at merchandising the world. Mm-hmm. And then... And then Phantom Menace comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, 
Um, I have such a weird relationship with Star Wars because a lot of the movies that people like, I don't like. And a lot of the people, a lot of the movies that people don't like, I kind of like, like, I kind of like episode one. (laughs) I think it's pretty good. Okay. Uh, Admittedly, because I just rewatched that trilogy. Not, not awful. Like I Mm -hmm. don't, I don't cringe at it. I think, I think like a, my barometer for that kind of thing, like the worst movies, like the movies I give like half star, one star are movies that I feel insulted for like, Oh, like you made me watch this. (laughs) I don't feel that way with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, and this is a similar complaint that I have for episode three, but in episode one, it's like, why are we spending so much time in like freaking Senate chambers? Like, yeah. This is boring as hell. I, like, I think, but that, I don't know like yeah. how much time it is in actuality, like actuality, maybe five minutes or something, but it feels like half an hour. I like, think they went full C-SPAN on here. into that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is like watching C-SPAN, but they went full on into that in Attack of the Clones, which is like, yeah, I feel like that's got to be at least 30 minutes in there. Yeah. In the Senate. I don't need that. Oh this my God. Wars, it's rough. Man. Lasers. I think out of the three, <laughs> out of this trilogy, the three, like Attack of the Clones is decidedly the worst. I think. I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Phantom Menace. Uh, what's his name? The kid, Jake. Oh, um, kid Anakin. Yeah. I don't remember his name. He's awful. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I think yeah. like he, he is like objectively. I think he's better than Hayden Christensen. Okay. Yeah. This is like the talk I want to get. To. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, let's talk about. It's an unfortunate casting. Revenge I, I of think, the Sith. Okay, yeah. Let's get into uh, the the actual topic of, of this episode. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna so. say it right off the top. I like this movie now. Okay. And I, I still don't like it. Okay. <laughs> like. <laughs> and the, and uh, now that I know how how much uh, Curtis loves it, I feel like I'm gonna be like, this is gonna be a. Uh, I'm just I'm just persuading Curtis this whole episode. To, yeah, I would like, love that. I would love that because like I I totally I totally fell for it for the this time around. Like I understood it. I think I hated it so much the first time around because I had been so disappointed by Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. And I, I remember, I remember the day I saw Revenge of the Sith. It was at the Norwalk Theater. I had stayed in line for, I don't know, it was hours. Yeah. I had a friend dressed up like Chewbacca, <laughs> and he had a he had an R two D two cooler with him. And was that Juan? <laughs> no, it was a friend. It was our friend Daniel, but it, it could have been it Juan. Could have been. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember just being like angry after we got out of the theater. Um, did not have that. I, I watched it twice in the last day. Did not have that experience again. There's a lot of things I like about this movie. Mm. Um, one, I mean, like, obviously, I mean, this is the, you know, the, the show I envision is like, uh, context, cultural context. I think this movie is like very prescient today. It's this thing about, you know, people now politically are talking about death of democracy. And this movie Mm -hmm. is like very much about that. Yeah. Uh, that Padme has that excellent line about, um, death of liberty. Yeah. Yeah. This is how, uh, liberty dies with thunderous Thunderous applause, applause, which I think, There's like so much, so many parallels happening, like what's happening in politics and what's happening in this movie. Yeah. About like, this. and it's happened in history with, exactly. with the rise of totalitarian yeah, dictators. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, uh, you know, especially in governments that were democracies. You yeah. Know, like, uh, that's a, that's a very Hitlerian rise to power is, uh, yeah, exactly. There's this threat, you know, because I think he did rise in a democracy and then mm-hmm. he just, uh, you know, took emergency powers and just named himself chancellor. But yeah. 
Yeah. I think that's especially powerful today. Yeah. In 2005, not so much because, I mean, Bush, yeah, awful president, but as awful as all presidents have been. You know? Yeah, I don't think we had the same kind of uh, feeling. Exactly. And I think this democracy. There's just like the very yeah. real, like, I mean, I mean, we talk about climate and stuff. Like, there's this very real crisis happening, and you still see an indifference, and all these people who are supposed to be leading us into something. Yeah. And, and it just feels as grave as this movie feels. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you see Palpatine there and they're looking at him and he's like, he looks like an actual monster and they're just cheering him on. And you're like, oh shit, these things happen in real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that is what sticks out to me the most. But that's not why I really love what's happening with this movie. I just said love. Oh my God. <laughs> Say you love me back, please. That's a little serious. <laughs> <laughs> Would I, okay, okay. I said one thing. Now say one thing you hate about okay. this movie. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get into it. Curtis, buckle in. All right. Um, so like, what what is this movie about? Like this, this movie is about like the fall of a man who is committed to good. Like he's committed his life to good. Uh-huh. And like what this movie is supposed to do is to bring this character so low by yeah. tragedy and circumstance that yes. like it twists him into a monster and he starts and he, he's committing atrocities and stuff like, and stuff like that because like, exactly like the tragedy and circumstance of his life has beaten him down. So, or, or the forces of evil are so great that he can't like, he succumbs to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't feel like it does that well enough, you know, like Interesting. I don't understand like any of Anakin's choices, most of Anakin's choices. Yeah. Like, um, like really all it takes is like the slightest nudge from Palpatine and like, uh, and I'm thinking of, you know, immediately in the movie, um, he's got Dooku on his knees, the lightsabers at his neck and he's like, Oh, I, I really I should, think I should kill him. I shouldn't kill him. Palpatine's like, do it. Do he's it. like, okay. Slices his head off. It's like, really? That's all it took for you to freaking abandon your scruples? <laughs> Good. Kill him. Kill him now. I shouldn't. Do it. Um, and it happens over and over again. You know, yeah. it's like um, more examples. Uh, just going to kill children, just like kind of. I mean, but the, by like that time, a, by that time, he's overtaken by this yeah. this dark thing, this dark force. Like by that time, he's really relinquished all control over himself. Yeah, and, and I take it as a, like he just has no control over his 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 actions. Yeah. By that point, by the time he kills his children, the, the that first scene where he cuts off Dooku's head is a little intense. I mean, it, it's it's dark, but also I think I think they set it up in Attack of the Clones where he's like teetering, yeah. and I think it's a little less deserved in Attack of the Clones. But by the time we get to Revenge of the Sith, I was like, fair game, we're there. Ter- like that was a shitty movie. Okay, we're there. We're we're he, he's at the precipice of like losing his shit, and giving up. Um, and I think that the movie leaves leaves you, if not hints, it, it's pointing you it's pointing you in this direction, and the, like. It, it, it's kind of doubling, not doubling down, but it's reinforcing that he's going through this thing and, yeah. and it mentions his character flaws. Um, there's a few things in the very beginning. 
when they're stuck in that elevator or whatever and mm -hmm. um anakin cuts a hole in the top and he moves and obi-wan's like oh always, always on, on the, the move. move yeah um yeah that's a good line yeah it's like the, he's not patient exactly he won't let things just come to him like he's yeah. got to make things and, happen yeah and his most fatal fly because his impatience as yeah. yeah as ridiculous as it sounds he's like he's impatient yeah he wants more than he has and he wants to be recognized and that's what um that's what palpatine is giving him and yeah, and, and this problem that he's, um, you know, like he's premonist um, the death of his wife and childbirth. Yeah. And uh, he knows it's going to come true because he's got the gift of foresight. You know, he predicted his mom's Yeah, death. and as a person who is like life, I'm talking about yeah. myself, as a person whose life is like run by anxiety and anxiousness, like I get that. Like yeah. if I had a fucking dream like that, that would probably dictate every decision that I fucking make. You know what I mean? Right. And like I understand that character and this is why I don't think that Hayden Christensen is like that bad an actor because one, there is a very intentional tone here happening and it's not like, like you, you can see it through all the actors. It's like soap operatic. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is like, yeah, like space soap opera. And I, I, I think it's most apparent because when we watch Ewan McGregor, who's a fucking brilliant actor, even he is like, he has like this weird thing happening going on with his delivery. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't, only like blame direction, but the fact that this technology was so probably near around the time yeah. and like, they weren't really sure like what was happening, what they were looking at. What, right. Yeah. Right. I, I, yeah. I, you could, you could see them throughout this movie, throughout the whole trilogy, actually like trying to fill that out. Like what the fuck is like, what the fuck is exactly going yeah. on? Like, where are we? <laughs> yeah. You know, like sometimes it doesn't even feel like they're looking at each other. Yeah. Um, going back to like Anakin's, like the way they portray like Anakin's fall, like there's one scene in particular that, um, I'm gonna, um, uh, I'm gonna agree with you on when, when he, um, when Mace Windu is about to kill Palpatine. I am going to end this once and for all. You can't. He must stand trial. He has control of the Senate and the courts. He's too dangerous to be left alive. I'm too weak. Oh, don't kill me. Please. It's not the Jedi way. He must live. Please don't. I need him. That's the one See, scene where, like, I buy it. Like, yeah. he is in an impossible situation yeah. right there because yeah. he needs Palpatine, and also he's got this commitment and loyalty yeah. to the Jedi Order. Yeah. Um. And he doesn't outright kill him. He just like he just stops Mace Windu from killing Palpatine. Yes. And that is like the kind of like morally ambiguous thing that I think, um, like, he needs to be portrayed that way. Is like he's stuck in an impossible situation. Like yeah. his wife is going to die. Yeah. But he's also committed to this. Like he's committed to the uh, principles of the Jedi order. Yeah. Right? But once you see those, those lines are blurred by Mace Windu himself. Mm -hmm. He's it's fair game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like there are no principles like Mace Windu is doing exactly what he did to count. Like who what Anakin did to count Duke in the beginning. Yeah. So like, which is, yeah. Like I kind of see some of these things in yeah. the movie, but also like the way <laughs> it's executed. I'm like, I shouldn't laugh at some of some of this stuff, you know, like when, uh, you know, like you're saying, like when the line gets blurred by Mace Windu, I yeah. feel like that's enough of an opening in the door for Anakin to start doubting the Jedi. But uh -huh. I don't think, I don't think that's explored enough. And when it 
comes right down to it mm-hmm. when um, Obi-Wan and Anakin are lightsaber fighting and they're um, talking to each other. Like, I laugh when <laughs> Anakin says, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Anakin, Chancellor Palpatine is evil. From my point of view, the Jedi are evil. I'm just going to like come out and, you know, what you're doing is evil, Anakin. Well, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. It makes me laugh. He should be like at a whiteboard and not with a lightsaber in his hand. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I think, (laughs) I I don't know. Like, I didn't even recognize that because there are like really strong things about it. Yeah. But uh, uh, back to my point about like how they, how they're kind of like setting up his character change. Um, Dooku tells him about his pride mm-hmm. twice the pride twice yeah. the fall that's already like a setup and they kind of play with blurring the lines and like what works for people and what doesn't um, about patience when Anakin tells Obi-Wan to have patience when R2-D2 comes like rolling through the hallway yeah, and it gets in, gets them into some shit you know what mm-hmm. I mean like maybe having patience isn't always like the strongest instinct they, they kind of play with that in that little hallway scene and then another one is when Obi-Wan is fighting Grievous mm. and he gets, he's like, he's pinned in a corner and he kills him with a blaster, which is like yeah. the most un-Jedi thing to do. Right, right. And he even like, after he kills him, he steps over, he's like so uncivilized and he throws the blaster at him. Yeah. But it's about like crossing these lines and like being able to bend and, and not like having like these, you know, hard set ideas. And Mace Windu does the same thing. Right. So like Anakin's like, teetering this line and they're kind of playing with it and all his ideas, but he just happens to fall to the right. other side. When Anakin you know? does it like things unravel. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. He becomes a monster. Yeah. He's like, he's no. slaughtering unarmed politicians and children and yeah, um, you know, it's, uh, it's nuts, but he, he has that motivation because I mean, the person he loves is loves is going to die. Yeah. And, um, well he, I mean, he starts behaving so erratically that he, he even chokes the person that he's going on this, uh, going on this, uh, misadventure to save and, uh, yeah. Ends up choking her to the point of unconsciousness. And, um, I really like Natalie, uh, Natalie Portman's performance. Oh, she's great. In this movie. Yeah. Uh, the way she responds to Anakin, like unraveling, like all of his erratic, yeah. irrational behavior. Yeah. Um, like the way she responds to it, her her performance is really great. Yeah, um, like I I kind of bought you know the it's it's kind of like a silly story, um, uh, like a, a silly story effect to just say like the character died of a broken heart. But I kind of I buy it, you know, like if you've like <laughs> hitched your wagon to this person and they just freaking unfurl into oh a God. murderous monster. Yeah. And, you I know? like that you buy that because that's probably like my least favorite part. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, it's right beneath yeah. the Darth Vader. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that was ridiculous. I didn't think they had to say it. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. you get the idea. Right. She's in pain. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the droid, the medical droid, being, yeah. I think there's nothing we can yeah. say. She's, there's nothing medically wrong yeah. with her. She must be dying of a broken heart. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to make, uh, so this kind of like dawned on me today. Uh-huh. Um, look at this character. So like, look at the dark Knight. So uh-huh. the dark Knight. Um, look at this character. Um, see if this sounds familiar, like Harvey Dent. Uh-huh. He's, he's the best of us. He's the savior. He's committed his life to doing good. Uh-huh. He's the one that's supposed to bring justice uh, and balance back to Gotham. Um, but the forces of evil too strong for him. 
they drive him down low, twist him into a monster. He's disfigured in the same way that, that Anakin is at the end. Yeah. But it's way more believable in, in it's, it's more tragic. It's more terrifying. It's like I mean, way more this believable. Movie and is it's fucking like, tragic though. <laughs> but it's like, that's what you got to do with Anakin. Like you got to do the Harvey Dent, like the Christopher Nolan, uh, Harvey Dent. If they, if, if, uh, Lucas had done that, best movie ever made like i'd be like (laughs) (laughs) what i was thinking about um just kind of the way it's put together Mm -hmm. i talked about the acting and how it's hard to act with like in in a world of cgi but also, we just had a whole fucking conversation about Speed Racer doing this exact same yeah. thing and how brilliant it is. <laughs> right, right. Like, granted, the acting is better in Speed Racer because they know what they're doing. There's a, a distinct tone. Yeah. It's not exactly this. It's not as serious as this. But, I mean, the worlds that they build are, like, really fucking impressive in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. It's, like, really impressive stuff. Um, I love Mustafar. Mustafar, yeah. yeah. It's fucking great. And like, just plays off the character so well. That lighting on their faces, it, it, it's just like, you know, the, the inside is on the outside in that scene, you know? Mm-hmm. And, it's, and to watch that last battle happen there is really great. I really love the lightsaber choreography all throughout the prequel trilogy. I think it's one of the best parts of the prequel trilogy. Like, it's so... Uh, it's so acrobatic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Darth Maul kind of yeah. takes the cake. Like, Hell yeah. Like yeah, I love that. My, yeah, and the music, the, the yeah. Duel at the Fates music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also, um, one, a scene that I wanted to talk about is one of my favorite scenes, and I think it's probably the strongest scene in any Star Wars movie, is Palpatine and Anakin at this, like, opera. Yeah. 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 That conversation they have. Never hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. No. I thought not. It's not a story the Jedi would tell you. It's a Sith legend. Darth Plagueis is a dark lord of the Sith, so powerful and so wise, he could use the Force to influence the midi-chlorians to create life. He had such a knowledge of the dark side, he could even keep the ones he cared about from dying. He could actually save people from death. The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. What happened to him? He became so powerful. The only thing he was afraid of was losing his power, which eventually, of course, he did. Unfortunately, he taught his apprentice everything he knew. Then his apprentice killed him in his sleep. Ironic. He could save others from death but not himself. Is it possible to learn this power? Not from a Jedi. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really like that. Yeah. I mean, I think 
it's all like how you're talking about this turn, like Palpatine, uh, Ian, Ian McDermott. No, Ian, no, Ian McDermott's another Who's man, that? a younger, handsome man. <laughs> uh, Ian Mc, oh, wait, it is Mc, okay, is it Ian McDermott. So it's Dear Mid. Oh, okay. Ian, uh, I, I heard Ian McDermott. <laughs> you'll have Those to do you'll have to similar. have an addendum at the end of this episode and say you know give us a give us the real name <laughs> um yeah yeah okay yeah. But yeah what do you love about that scene i mean i think he, he just like does this like the really great job of convincing anakin that the jedi are like after him you yeah. know yeah and like not on his side not trustworthy They're, like they do feel kind of sneaky in that instance but it's not only what he's saying which i think is is sold so fucking good by that actor. Like, I think the guy who plays Palpatine, Ian McDiarmid, I think he's like, he, he's probably the, the best in the movie, I think, up, up, yeah. up there with Natalie Portman. Like, I, I was looking at his like little gestures and that little fucking smirk that he has that he'll put on, yeah. you know? Yeah. I uh, like his physicality and in the it, fight scenes too. Yeah. Like, so good. Yeah. Weird faces. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, uh, and if anybody decides to rewatch this after they hear this, like, just pay attention to his performance. It's so like it's nuanced. It, yeah. It's like it, the way he changes it, it modulates his voice yeah. is like amazing. It's impressive. So, but he just sells it in that. Like I feel fucking convinced. I was like, I, I feel like kind of like on Anakin's side or Anakin's right. mindset about like, oh, like why wouldn't you want to like buy into what this guy's saying? Like save the one you love. Yeah. Stop. You know the mother of your kids from dying. In particular, what I love about that scene is when. Like he offers up, I like you. You never heard of uh, Darth Plagueis the Wise. He's got yeah. this technique. He can. He even can prevent the ones he loved from dying. Oh, and that he looks, that look. He, he like kind of goes exactly. Like, yeah, like yeah. side eye over to Anakin. Did that land? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Like he know. Like it's so manipulative. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, he's yeah. such a manipulative piece of shit in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but what I also love is the setting because it's it's so odd. Like you're not even sure what you're looking at like yeah. that, whatever's happening. It's like, it's like Cirque du Soleil water. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But there, there's, there's set up the shot where it's framed, where Palpatine is on far end, right side, Anakin far end, left side. And there's this bubble people swimming through. And you just get the idea that Anakin's just like in this squirrel, like, like, like drowning almost, you know, cause yeah. like this bubble of water, like happening in the middle of the screen. Yeah. It, it just like, it's this really odd feeling like, oh, like something is not right in this thing. Like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Right. <laughs> like, where are yeah. these people exactly? Like, you've never quite seen anything else like that in Star Wars. Um, and that's what, like, makes that scene feel so odd and, like, awkward and um, just kind of, like, insidious, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Great I, scene. I Yeah. I think it's an excellent scene. Like I said, probably one of the best in any Star Wars movie. There's also really great, like action lines mm -hmm. um in the beginning when they go um and rescue palpatine from dooku dooku and before they fight dooku um you know cis are our specialty uh, yeah. <laughs> i thought i was like fuck sure. yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was super down for that line and then uh a lot of what yoda says not if i have to say about it or what does it say uh, yeah what does he say not if anything to say if about it i have yeah <laughs> Jesus, that's a, how do you, how do you say these things? Yeah. So they have like those nice little points of action that really work for me. Overall, I was fucking sold. And to like a little cherry on top is that they're playing with a lot of themes here. They play with a lot of 
we've talked about this in a few of our discussions, a lot of like inorganic meets organic, mm. like uh, Obi-Wan riding that lizard and Grievous side to side on his little hamster wheel fucking thing. Um, oh yeah. 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 I like the, his whole character design. He's like, um, um, he, he doesn't even really have a body, you know, like he's, he's just kind of like a, like, a, he's, he's like a shell. Yeah. But not even like a full shell. He's got like a heart and maybe a cardiovascular, just maybe, yeah, maybe cardiovascular system and do you, some eyes. Do you know the story of Grievous? Because I do not. Not, but not like, really. I think he's got a backstory in the cartoons. No, I'm sure he does. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm going to like step on some toes here because I don't even know that. And I'm yeah. sure like if somebody listens to this who loves Star Wars, it's going to be like, Phew. Yeah. And um, I think uh, like my main my main issues with this movie is and i've kind of gone into them um but the way they the way they handle anakin's arc uh, i think is my main problem with it but um there's a really good series um is it clone wars the animated series that like takes place between um the second movie and the third movie yeah um where like it really establishes Anakin as like huge presence that um, is referred to in the original trilogy uh-huh. um, where, you know, like bef- like Anakin has like a legendary rep- reputation before like he becomes Darth Vader as mm-hmm. like this great general. Yeah. Um, and in that series, like that is done really well. And um, I think it, that that series does Anakin way better as far as him being like this amazingly competent um uh not only fighter and like pilot mm-hmm. but also um a leader you know like he's he like actually grows into like a really interesting leader like yeah. he's a general leading like thousands of of troops yeah um but also he's got it's better per, it better portrays that like hot-headedness impatience um like his temper um like that kind of stuff like i wish he could have been portrayed more like that in, in Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> I, I was laughing earlier because of that scene where Palpatine uh, leaves the other dudes. They're like part of the council or something. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, Darth Vader will be back to take care of you." Oh yeah, I just take kept on think. I just kept on thinking like Pulp Fiction. You mean, Julie, take care. Take care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, like, I need to put this together in a me. Mia Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but I, like, I want to say, I don't like. I don't think Hayden Christensen is that bad. And I want to talk about like w- the ways I've been appreciating acting. I think like my ideas of acting have like changed mm-hmm. in the last few years. Like. I think I used to expect, like, I thought great acting was, like, something big and dramatic or, like, something grand or, like, really almost melodramatic in a way. You know what I mean? But I think, I mean, really, like, all the great actors is, like, you can't see it happening. And I think he just plays this this part of, like, this, he's almost like a teenager. Yeah. Who's, like, it's, like, almost like the one scene is when um, Padme tells, tells Anakin that she's pregnant the, I think the way he plays that, like, responds to it is, like, it, I think it's, like, really subtle and interesting that he's not, like, not quite happy. Right. Not quite sad. But the way he plays it off is, like, this. Yeah, maybe ambivalent at first. And then, like, he does say, like, this is, like, this is a blessing. And he does yeah. like, put, yeah. you know, give that positive response. Yeah. But. And, and, like, um. But I mean, like, fuck yeah, Attack of the Clones, but I don't think, I don't think, like, his 
career deserved to be ended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like he didn't really do anything after this. Right. Right. Like yeah. I, he had that movie life as a house. I don't know. If oh yeah. <laughs> I saw, I saw that. Yeah. And then, then he did uh jumper. Remember jumper? I that, don't remember jumper. That might've been, maybe that was it. <laughs> yeah. That might've been between, that might've been uh, between two and three episode two and three. And I was thinking about the way that this movie was trying to kind of, uh, heal up all the wounds, uh, to the reputation of the franchise that, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones inflicted. Mm, like this was yeah. trying to like turn it all around. It wasn't talking about politics as much. Like you were saying, you felt a little tired about the Senate scenes, but it's, I think it's like so brief in this one. Yeah. I might be a little project. I might be projecting a little bit about episode one. Cause I think episode one has a lot. Episode of one and two. Yeah. Yeah. Too much of that for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still, even in this one, I was like, uh, it's probably, I don't know how long, I think it's really only that speech that Palpatine. It's, yeah, it's only yeah. that speech, and then they have that battle in 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 the House, yeah. the Senate. Yeah, um, which is great. I liked that. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Excellent battle. So the way that this the way that this one was kind of like heal all those, like all the damage done between them, like is the way that this last one, kind of try to like yeah reverse anything that happened in the Last Jedi. Mm. And if we're comparing the two, I'm going to say Revenge of the Sith is way fucking better. Oh, yeah. Dude, me and you and I saw uh, the last, no, Rise of uh, Skywalker. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the yeah. last one. I've never fallen asleep in a theater. <laughs> I fell asleep in that. Like, and then later I wanted to like walk out in the middle of it. Like, that was an absolute train wreck. Yeah. I was like, one of the, that was awesome. Completely so awful. Yeah. I, I think like that might, that and Solo are like, for sure, the worst Star Wars. Films. Okay, I haven't even seen Solo. So, <laughs> so you were saying that you don't you, you like the ones that people don't usually like. Like, what are your three favorite Star Wars movies? Um, I think uh, I think The Force Awakens might be my favorite, <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe uh, maybe Empire and Jedi after that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then maybe Episode One is like my number four. That's really funny. Um, I don't know about A New Hope. I Why? I don't know. It's, maybe A New Hope is higher than episode one. Yeah, maybe it is. But I, I don't know. <laughs> Why Phantom Menace? What do you like about Phantom Menace? I'm really curious about that one because I think that one's like pretty bad. I, uh, I don't think the kid's that bad. I think the kid's pretty good. Yeah. And I like the pod racing. <laughs> I oh, know. I freaking love the pod racing. Yeah, I like the pod racing. That arc, the arcade think, game uh, kind of like... Whew. I think Qui-Gon Jinn was dope yeah. as hell. Yeah. Darth Maul was awesome. There was not enough of him. Yeah. Um, like he's not even real. He's not even a character, really. He's Who? just like Darth Maul. Darth Maul you no, know? Like, he's just like this nothing fucking, to him. He's like just oh, a like, he's just yeah. a freaking lightsaber. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I don't give a shit. I'm yeah. just like let's so fucking see cool. that fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would uh, just w like skip all of the parts of that movie. Like on rewatches, I would just watch yeah. that scene like and the that. pod racing scene. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the pod racing scene is. Fuck yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, that arcade game probably defined like a certain portion of my yeah. childhood. Like I know they had it at Chuck E. Cheese and Shakey's and shit like that. Yeah, and it was man. I mean, you just felt oh, like and you're in that thing. like with the um, actual like hand like handles that like yeah yeah. I think um, they need to bring that shit back or like so at cool. least or make another pod racing game. Like yeah. if they do that like on a next generation console, yeah, that would be fucking dope. The other thing, uh, really. Uh, the other thing I really love about episode one is the end where uh, Qui-Gon dies. Yeah. And Obi-Wan is like thrust into this position uh -huh. of having to train yeah. Anakin. And he's 
he's young. Like he's, he's a young man himself. And yeah. like, you can kind of see where, uh, that might have disadvantaged Anakin, you know, where yeah. like, he didn't have like, he didn't have Qui-Gon. Maybe if, maybe if he had Qui-Gon, like yeah. a, a w- older, wiser, uh, more temperate, like presence to guide him, then maybe yeah, things that's would something have been different. Also setting up that he can't really handle it. He's like, yeah, Obi-Wan isn't really like ready for that position. Yeah. And you definitely sense it yeah. in episode one where it's like, holy shit. He's, he's, he just cut off his uh, freaking little Padawan braid. And that's another scene in Revenge yeah. of the Sith that works for me is at the end when they're like lava side, you know, yeah. and he cuts off his legs. Like, and he, and he, I like that he says you were like my brother, not like right. my son, but like you were like my yeah. brother. Yeah. Yeah. That's total. That's totally meaningful. In yeah. That, like he really wasn't ready to be like his mentor. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, but he, yeah. he saw him like an equal, like they were like close in that sense. Yes. Yeah, so, and it doesn't go both ways though. Like Anakin wants to see him as a father figure because yeah. like, that's how he describes Obi-Wan to Palpatine. Yeah. I think he's like, he's like my father. Yeah. And that's the um, thing about, Anakin is he's searching for that figure. Yeah. He's like looking for guidance. He's so desperate for guidance. Yeah. That's and why that's, he latches on to Palpatine. So yeah, much, exactly. So much, and that's yeah. why he's like so de- desperate for somebody to tell him what the fuck to do. Yeah. I mean, and that's why it works for me, like this kind of manipula- manipulation. Because there's like things on on both sides. I think it even says it in like the beginning scroll, like heroes on both sides. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like there's things happening that are like kind of like fucking iffy on both sides. Like they do treat him like a child. Like when Mace Windu tells him, like, oh no, stay here. We don't we're not sure if we can trust do yet you know like i mean that's like yes he's not ready and yes he's impatient but like that's got to feel like shit especially if he's afraid that padman's gonna die i can see that like really just like taking charge of 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 his emotions and just like he's gonna feel like hurt by everything but like also he 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 tries to like adopt or like try to uphold the ways of the jedi before you know for mace windu where he's like no we need to take him to trial you know Mm -hmm. mace windu hadn't like raised his arm up to like kill Palpatine that situation would have gone differently yeah absolutely yeah that's that's why um yeah that's why I mentioned like that's the one exception I make to like all of my complaints about how Anakin is portrayed yeah um and his arc is that is the no win situation that he gets put into yeah and it breaks him and he has to do something where there's no turning back like freaking Mace Windu's dead and yeah and uh now he's now it seems like his only option is just to align with Palpatine which is odd I think like the like the 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 most uneven thing about the way that's written the structurally is like I, I I guess I didn't notice it but you had mentioned it when he cuts off Dooku's head yeah because that's like pretty fucking intense but, right yeah. but but also like Dooku like you know I I, I guess I guess if Anakin is feeling like this fatherly love toward Palpatine, then like, you know, like, of course he's going to want it to murder. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If, um, yeah, yeah. Imagine like being, being, being in the shoes of Anakin where it's like, you want this guy's approval as like a father figure. And the guy's like, he's too dangerous to be left, left alive. You got to kill him. Yeah. Um, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, just like the way it happened or is like Anakin's like, uh, you know, you've committed yourself to this order. Um, you're supposed to be nonviolent, but, or, you know, like violent only if uh, it's in self-defense or whatever. And yeah, um, it's not the Jedi way. He needs to be brought to trial. He's like, he's like having the internal conflict and all it is, it, all it takes is for Palpatine to give him a little nudge. And he's yeah. Like, oh, okay. And that's the thing about the scene in the opera, how he says uh, on the dark side, they only think about themselves and yeah. 
Palpatine's like, well, isn't that what, what Jedi do? Like, aren't they right. only concerned about like their own things? And yeah. and this is right after they told him to go spy on this guy. So it, it, of course it's going to feel that way. Like, right. yeah, they're like right. looking out for themselves. Yeah, and it, and the way Palpatine frames it, when inevitably like he does seize power or like gets close to like fully realizing the plot to seize uh, absolute control. Yeah. Um, the Jedi do have like start to initiate a plan to uh, remove Palpatine from power. Yeah. You know, like they, they fulfill the prediction that Palpatine made about yeah. Jedi, the Jedi is trying to overthrow him. Yeah. And, you know? and, and uh, it's not only like he has like this uh, dedication to, to like Jedi order, but like, he has like an appreciation of like the law, like mm-hmm. the Senate and everything. Like yeah. he wants to uphold this too. And like, it feels wrong to him that they would overthrow this man when like right. he's been voted in. Yeah. He's, he's uh it's like, Hey, let's be on the side of due process here. Yeah. You know, let's give him a trial. Yeah, exactly. Kind of not his fault. He's just kind of like uphold all these things that he believes to be right. They just, they just both feel very right to him yeah. at the same time. So when he starts like unraveling, like there's a couple more examples, like of you know when Obi Wan and Anakin have that confrontation at the end, uh-huh. it's like it's I still don't quite buy it. Where he's like is, he's not conflicted at all about like just getting into this like fight to the death with the uh, like this this father figure of his. Or, yeah, but like know? I said, by that time he's he's gone. He's fully unraveled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like he's just like relinquished all control of his own yeah. mind. I think I think there's like something more happening there. It's almost like being possessed. There's uh there's I've seen some things online of people making the argument that he's uh um Anakin's behavior makes sense as somebody who's got borderline personality disorder. And uh it's like I think it's a little bit of revisionist history to make yeah. to make like this awkward awkwardly written character's behavior make sense whereas <laughs> where I was I really think it's just a man who committed himself to the good getting driven down a dark path by uh, tragedy and circumstance. I think that's what is supposed to be happening here. Yeah. And I just, it, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. I mean, the they make way. it very clear that he's changed too. Like even the color, color of his eyes change. Yeah. Like he's just yeah. like a different person then. Yeah. Like he's fully on taken. He's like fully taken this form of Darth Vader. And yeah. And he's just starts saying crazy shit at the end. When, <laughs> when uh, like, like he just starts saying dude, some shit. Just, Come away with me. Help me raise our child. Leave everything else behind while we still can. Don't you see? We don't have to run away anymore. I have brought peace to the Republic. I am more powerful than the Chancellor. I I can overthrow him. And together, you and I can rule the galaxy. Make things the way we want them to be. Padme is like trying to bring him back from the brink or whatever. And, and he's like, uh, well, um, I could, I can overthrow Palpatine yeah. and we can, we can rule, <laughs> rule the, the galaxy, galaxy together. together. <laughs> yeah. The way the how she's like trying to talk him down yeah. and he's like, because of Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like such a, uh, like a boyfriend who's getting dumped is just like grasping at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the mental image I have to like just trying to grab onto something. Yeah. <laughs> throw everything at the wall see what sticks (laughs) as far as the acting goes like really is there like a really like strong tradition of great acting in star wars movies like if you look at a new hope like i think the most high like the highest profile actor and that was uh guinness right uh, yeah he was like shakespearean yeah something but obviously he's great 
but I mean, we got we get a lot of those like high high caliber performances in Revenge of the Sith too. But like Mark Hamill has never like been really recognized as being an amazing actor. Harrison yeah. Ford, people have thoughts about him. I've never been like a huge fan. Yeah, I don't have think he's it. like that. <laughs> I really love him in Blade Runner, but like that's oh, not yeah. it's not a performance driven kind of movie. You know? Yeah, but. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, that's more like, I don't know, philosophical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to, like, like I said, The Last Jedi is my favorite. And maybe, maybe there's like a connection between the two here. I don't have like any thoughts of how. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I think there's like really rich kind of world building in Last Jedi. And it's kind of, it's kind of shaking it's head at everything that's supposed to happen in it. Like um, when I forgot Laura Dern's character's name, but when she kind of undercoats Poe, you know, when like, Poe oh, was yeah. like all gung ho. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, like, nah, like you're a fool, you know? Yeah. That's not what's supposed to happen in these movies, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, the fact that there's this like whole subplot that comes of nothing when they go look for the, the code cracker or whatever. Mm. That's uh, that subplot yeah. like kind of goes nowhere, but it establishes like, this whole, I don't know, like it, it, it makes it more rich. It ex- extends this world. It introduces us to these like children who are like basically child slaves or something. Mm. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, like, uh, the la- very last scene is, uh, is man, I barely remember anything about this movie. <laughs> Apparently I probably need to give it another chance since you think so highly of it, but I love uh, it. Okay. So what it's setting up with this is that like the, I, I think it's like kind of like poking holes or not like not poking holes, but it's like interrogating this, this the thing. way this thing is supposed to be structured. Exactly. Yeah. And it's interrogating like, who does the force belong to? It's not like this exclusive thing. Yeah. It shouldn't be like only belonging to this family or like these special people. Like right. it can be everyone's, you know? Well, because in that one, uh, Ray's lineage was, uh, not, she was not tied to one of these prominent families right like the skywalker family right is that is or the or, or kenobi okay i might be remembering that this yeah. is, we're gonna go off <laughs> we're just gonna start guessing what happens right. in these movies. <laughs> but don't they reveal <laughs> in rise of the skywalker that she's like actually related to someone after all yeah palpatine right but i think they lay the groundwork in um episode eight what's uh what's that one which one uh, the last, last Jedi. Jedi. Okay, last well, Jedi. the last Jedi. No, they I don't think... lay the groundwork. She's like, well, they lay the groundwork that she's um, not related to anybody. Exactly, and I think that's what lends to the Force could be for any anybody. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, and um, and then they reverse course. And okay, that's the, yes, that's the uh, plot twist. And that's what the was last so one. fucking infuriating yeah. about the Rise of Skywalker. Is that like everything was like a fuck you to the last Jedi, like, and not even like, oh, like let's just fix this, like turn it around, but like a blatant like, yeah, no, like, remember the scroll in uh, Rise of Skywalker, Palpatine's back. (laughs) (laughs) It's the scroll, like Palpatine is not like there's no freaking whiff of Palpatine in uh, in seven or eight. Yeah. Like, not even the slightest hint. Yeah. There's and no like in the scroll. Hey, he's back. Yeah. There's no groundwork laid for that. Like yeah. any of that movie. Just fucking nonsense. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> With that in mind, I think Revenge of the Sith is probably, probably like top four. Okay. At least maybe, maybe top four or five for me. It's in there. 
It, it's not one or two. It's, yeah. not one, it's not top. Okay, let's say it's five. Let's okay. <laughs> let's say it's number five for me. But like you were saying, I mean, there's not like half of them are good. Yeah, yeah, like half of them are good. Um, <laughs> that might be an unpopular opinion, but I'm gonna say that's probably like a pretty good estimate. Yeah, and the, and thus my uh, my conflicted relationship with this with this franchise. Yeah. Um. And like I'll, I'll still play the games every once in a while. Like uh, you remember. Uh, um, there's a really good one that came. Oh, Battlefront was awesome. I played a lot, amazing. Of, a lot of that in high school. And then like recently one came out. Um, it was like a Bloodborne like game, Fallen Order. Mm. That's actually really fun. I need to play that. Yeah, it's really cool. <sighs> yeah, I would love to get my hands on those Star Wars game. I mean, like I said, it's just like that's still in me. Like the, yeah. to want to be in that world is still in me. Whenever when I went to Disneyland to go see Galaxy's Edge, like I was, I was like transported to see, cause they have like basically a full size millennium Falcon there. Nice. And I, I still haven't been there. Oh my God. I was like, Holy shit. And then you get on the right and you get to be in the cockpit of the millennium Falcon. Amazing. Like I have a pass now, so I've done that probably like 20 <laughs> times. Like lost some of its magic, but God damn, is it cool? Like it, it's nice. really cool. <laughs> um, yeah, that's still in me. Maybe I am a star Wars person. I don't know all the things. I don't know why Grievous has a heart. Yeah. S- somebody tell me, <laughs> What's so interesting too is like the history repeating itself again for like the latest trilogy. Um, they they did the same pattern, you know, like as they, far as merchandising, as merchandising, like kind of like sowing the seeds for yeah. like and and cultivating interest, and then boom, here's another trilogy. Yeah, you know, when uh, I saw the first posters for like uh, Force Awakens out, I was I was I was excited. Yeah, like as much as like that other trilogy had disappointed me, and I thought it was like a piece of shit. Um, I was still excited when it came back out. I heard they have uh, Rian Johnson working on a new trilogy already. That's what I heard. I don't know if that's yeah. still happening because you know how like Star Wars news changes like so quickly. Like yeah. they were supposed to make other things when when, when Solo bombed, they just like scrapped oh, everything. You yeah, know, yeah. like they, these people are so fickle. Right. Um, I actually had a thought about why. It's like a theory, like why the that trilogy, the middle trilogy, was kind of shat on so badly. Other than the fact that it's not, not like the best thing. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna blame Kevin Smith. Oh, <laughs> what did he do? I like this. They like they talk shit about the trilogy in oh, Clerks too. Yeah. More specifically, Hayden Christensen uh-huh. about his shitty robotic acting and how he ruined the saga. Mm. I think that's the actual line. Like the guy's like acting like a robot and he's like, I'm Hayden Christensen. I ruin. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, I think Kevin Smith is like the the ultimate bitter fanboy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a bitter fanboy that got famous for making, uh, an indie movie. Yeah. Yeah. And And those movies probably don't hold up anymore. I think we're probably going to do one eventually. I really want to. I'm sure we will. Yeah. I I was thinking about, um, I was, you know, in my head, I was like, I really love all the lightsaber fights in uh, in the prequel trilogy, uh, but uh, I was I thought of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, and I really liked the lightsaber fight in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> so I was like, is it really that hard to impress me with a lightsaber fight? I'm beginning to think like, no. Yeah, I'm beginning to think wow. <laughs> Maybe we could just throw anything on for you. Right. <laughs> yeah, but I was but. The, he's just like the epitome of like this to- toxic culture and like being overly attached to these things. Like yeah. people make like these fan servicey pieces of shit movies because of people like this yeah. who don't want to see things change. And obviously like 
Kevin, well, he's getting like devoured for doing that for changing. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, he man. Like, and oh, it's really? like it's like a bunch of guys who are upset that He Man's not the focal point, or he's not the focal character. Yeah, but like, you know? fuck that, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's fucking. It's like the shoes here. on the other foot now, Mister Kevin. Spinner. Exactly. I yeah. mean, like, he's gone downhill since I don't know when. Like, so many of his movies don't hold up anymore. Yeah, they have like a really fond place in my heart because of the nostalgia. But he he is just like the embodiment of like all that is fucking wrong with like nerd culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like you can't do that with this character. Yeah, yeah. Or like no girls allowed. Like the fact that people yeah. freaked out when Ray was like a main character. It's like fucking. It, it sucks and it's sad, but. I mean, it's driven from this place of, like, resentment and anger and, like, isolation. And maybe that's what, like, nerd culture was before it went mainstream. Like, Yeah. But I, I don't know. It doesn't – I mean, it's still that. I think like, we've talked about this before, about, like, video game culture and nerd culture, the things surrounding that, like, the toxicity of that, like, whole world. Um, and he just, like, it happens to be one of those guys who, like, got a platform yeah, you know, and if you watch those movies, they're so like dude centric and like like to the point of being like childish or gross or just like chasing Amy is like this whole like you know fantasy yeah. telling you it, it's not trying to undermine anything, but then it does the exact thing it says it's not gonna do in the end. You know, like yeah. about like you know being able to to make a le- a lesbian straight. You know, like you know like that's not what's <laughs> happening here. And at the end, what do you know? You right. know, all right. Anyway, we're not going to go off on Kevin Smith <laughs> just yet, but I, I save have him for later. I have a theory. Watch like, out. I think he probably influenced a lot of people because he was like a beacon for sure. Like, yeah, you know, he was guiding a lot of hearts, a lot of minds. Um, he released this special where he was like talking at colleges and this is, this is related, but unrelated. And he tells this long ass story about Tim Burton and he just shits on Tim Burton. Damn. And I just have this fucking feeling that people have been like, I mean, yeah, you know, people have their own tastes and all that, but I feel like Kevin Smith is responsible for like, like fanboys, like shitting on Tim Burton constantly. Cause even I, cause even I, I was like, fuck Tim Burton, because that's exactly what it says in that special. There's like, he's he's like, fuck Tim Burton. Like, and he makes fun of him. He's like, ooh, movie magic. But like. Now that like I've been watching Tim Burton movies again, I was like, "There's some fucking good ones there." Like Edward Scissorhands is like, yeah, pretty fucking brilliant. Yeah. I would say. Anyway, that's a tangent. Um, that's my theory about like. That's interesting. Maybe I, I, worth uh, some because yeah, yeah. I hadn't hadn't thought about that before, and I didn't. Uh, so that was oh, that wasn't uh, that was Clerks Two, right? Where, In Clerks uh, Two, yeah, yeah, they were really shitting on. Aiden Christian. I mean, I feel like they were shitting on Lord of the Rings too. And I, I, I was thinking about this uh, <laughs> earlier. I was like, in this era, when the prequel trilogy came out, I was like, I was more about Lord of the Rings, honestly, than I was like the the Star Wars. Oh yeah, for trilogy. sure. Yeah. When Lord of the Rings dropped, I was like all about it, and I had yeah. no previous experience with it. Yeah, same here. Not yeah, at all. It was my first exposure, and I, I guess it came out. Um, uh, yeah, we were in, I guess, in high school. Came out early, early. Yeah, because I think it's two thousand one, right? Yeah. And like, that was such a profound experience for me that like in my memory, it's really vivid that I was in that theater like alone and that cannot be true. (laughs) Like there's no way that that was true, but like, it's so clear in my head that I was just sitting in a theater alone watching Lord of the Rings. Fellowship. Yeah. Wow. Like that's how I involved I was in this thing. Yeah. Um, and, and like, it, it probably helped that it came like on the hills of Harry Potter and I was like super into Harry Potter. I had read all the books 
And like, I just kind of wanted to spend more time in this world that was, you know, not of ours yeah. involved magic yeah. and, and it's, and it's like so much more than that, you know, because, um, I, I guess there's like more fantasy elements, like classical fantasy right. elements. Right. Tolkien's really hardcore into that shit. And, um, just to see that brought to life, just to like introduce to that, yeah. um, to really dive headfirst into what I thought of as nerdiness. Cause I think most of my life I've been like a closet nerd, um, but just to be able to like spend time in that world and be yeah. like, oh, like I get fully why, embrace it. Yeah, I get why people are excited about this. Yeah, um, it was really a special experience. I love that we got to this point. Where yeah, we're <laughs> talking about Lord of the Rings now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess that means we're done with the conversation. I think so. I think we uh, we mined it pretty well. That was that was a good one. Awesome. I had fun with that. That was awesome. See you next time. Next time. And there you have it, our Star Wars discussion. Hopefully that wasn't too hard for anybody. I know we're a little bit clumsy. The voice you're listening to now is Sierra Gonzalez. That's me. The other voice on the microphone today was Patrick Kelly, as always. You can follow us on Instagram. It's at FilmSlobbery, F-I-L-M-S-L-O-B-B-E-R-Y. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave us reviews. Leave us comments. Talk to us. We need the attention, please. A couple notes about today's episode. I talked about Roger Ebert, and I never finished that thought. Roger Ebert gave Revenge of the Sith three and a half stars, which is pretty incredible in my opinion. The video game I was referring to, the two-disc set, was Rebel Assault 2 on PlayStation. And the actor I was thinking about during our Ian McDermott conversation was Dylan McDermott. Now that's a handsome man. Music listening to now is by Randy Flores. We usually never get that far into it. It's beautiful, isn't it? We love you, Randy. We don't know what we're doing next week. Our holiday schedule is crazy. We're just kind of flying by the sea of our pants. But there'll be something. We'll see you next time. 